step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Arbs 95 Cows. From the Michelob Ultra Studio. Denver, Colorado. Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. It's 6 in the morning with Brett King. Here's Brett. It was almost impossible for me last night to watch that Panthers game. And not make a couple of connection points to what Denver is going through right now. And both of these, one in a negative aspect and one in a positive aspect. And uh, got a lot to get to this morning. Drunk takes. Happy Friday, everybody. Um, Good morning, Brett. Good morning, Marty. Shut up. Uh, I got something to say. Are you weirded out at all? And I know it's bad opponents, right? Carolina's played in week one, the Jets. In week two, a Saints team that was missing eight assistant coaches and four defensive players because of COVID. And then last night, they're playing the Texans. So they have played two of the, what, three, four worst teams in the NFL. Like, I'm not being fooled by the Texans' one win against the Jags this year, especially without Tyrod Taylor. So they're 3-0. In much the same way that I think you can look at the Broncos 3-0 if they win this weekend. But Darnold actually looks okay. And it's pretty impressive considering that Sam Darnold, I think, had, if you had to, if did you have a stopwatch, Marty? Was it .7 seconds to throw the football every time he dropped back to pass? He was getting murdered in the pocket. So if that continues to happen, none of this is going to matter how he looks better. But I can't shake the idea that the Panthers are 3-0. Darnold leaves sad sack New York Jets with Adam Gase as his offensive coordinator, goes to Carolina, Matt Rule, who's at least a decent offensive mind that was kind of his shtick when he was at Baylor. And he's having success. And it's for somebody that we, we've written off. When Darnold left New York, we said, you know what? This guy's done. I had such high hopes for him coming out of the draft, too. I thought he was going to be the dude coming out of that draft. I mean, he looked good. I mean, anybody watched him at USC, you're like, you totally understand why he'd be a top five pick. And what what was he, like three overall? Yeah, when Baker, Saquon, Darnold. Yeah. Um, so everybody knows kind of the situation of 
Sam Donald, what he faced in New York and what he's doing now. But it's funny, isn't it? Like the exact same offense that we saw last year in Carolina that featured Teddy Bridgewater that he did not have success in, Sam Donald is. And I can't shake this idea of, you know what? When you're dealing in the margins of quarterbacks, if you don't have an elite guy, you don't have one of the upper echelon quarterbacks in this league, I think so much of their potential success where you would say, this guy isn't great, but he's good enough. And I've maintained this for years. You don't need unreal great to win a Super Bowl. You need good enough to give yourself a chance. Now, if you have great, you're in that conversation every year. But think about Flacco. Flacco in Baltimore won a championship. Why? He was good enough. For the pieces they had around him, the offense they were running, the defense that he had, like, he was good enough. Sam Darnold fits what Carolina is trying to do better than what Teddy and his skill set is built for. Teddy fits here great. You want to know why? Because it's not Carolina. Because that offensive line here isn't as bad as that was. There was a play straight up, Marty. Their left tackle, they highlighted this on the broadcast. Cam, uh, Cam Irving. He straight up had a pass rusher where all he did was lay about two fingers on him as he ran directly by his left side. And you're like, what's the point of you even being there? To be fair, you, Marty, could have played left tackle and done the same thing he did. Now, if you were playing left tackle, he'd run right through you. I would have gotten three fingers on him. You would have gotten three three fingers. Please stop. But you understand the point here. It's the fit of Teddy Bridgewater in Denver, at least as of right now. Now, again, we have to wait and wait and wait until we see that against teams like Baltimore or Vegas or Pittsburgh or Cleveland, which is all coming here in a few weeks. But for right now, what do they do? They give Teddy Bridgewater enough time. If somebody does break through and and start to give him pressure, he's good enough to evade at least one guy. As far as what Darnold does, he sees pressure, he gets rid of the football. Like quick. And maybe he's used to that from what he saw in New York over the past couple of years. Now, Carolina, I don't think is anywhere near, even with a 3-0 record. The plane that we would put the Broncos on if they go uh, and win this weekend and and get to 3-0. I don't think the talent surrounding Carolina is close to what Denver has. And some other things out of that game, Christian McCaffrey, yet again, leaves with another injury. And remember, that's when things fell apart for Carolina last year. So the real test now for Darnold is, can you look this same way without Christian McCaffrey there? Because Teddy Bridgewater couldn't. The second McCaffrey left, the offense left. Nothing you can do about it. But when you lose Christian McCaffrey, that was another comparison point for me. Does it not feel at least a little bit like a Bradley Chubb? Guy that you know is good when he's healthy, but how often can he be on the field for you? Like Christian McCaffrey's creeping into that territory. Here's the difference. McCaffrey got paid, what, $18 million a year? 
on this past contract. They paid him like he was a wide receiver, not a running back. That one hurts to lose. At least right now with Chubb, you don't have 15 to $20 million of your salary cap being on the shelf. And you want another comparison point. J.C. Horn, according to Ian Rappaport, broke multiple multiple bones in his foot yesterday. You know what's interesting about J.C. Horn? He was drafted the pick before Patrick Sertan, and nobody likes to make that comparison point. And I wonder why that is. It makes no sense. He is a famous father that played in the NFL. He went a pick ahead of Sertan. Why, why does nobody care about J.C. Horn? Is it just that it's Carolina? You know, is it just that Carolina had, um, they were out basically on the quarterback discussion, Marty, the second they traded for Darnold. Do you know what I mean? Like once you give a second and a fourth, you aren't really drafting somebody at number eight overall after that. I think you've kind of committed to see if that's going to work or not. Whereas Denver didn't. I mean, they traded for Bridgewater for what was it? A, a sixth rounder, right? But they also got a whole bunch of money in exchange for it. So I think the possibility of, like, if Fields was still there, like, maybe the Broncos would take him, and a lot of people thought that they would. So maybe that's part of it, too. It's just interesting to me. The comparison point is always going to be Patrick Sertan and Justin Fields, not Patrick Sertan and J.C. Horn, the DB that was drafted the pick above him. Now, to be honest, I don't know what J.C. Horn has looked like in these first few games that he's played. I haven't heard that he's bad, so I'd assume that he's at least okay. Did you see the play he got hurt on? It was weird, he right? He wasn't doing anything. How did you break bones in your foot when you didn't really... I mean, it was non-contact. Was it like was like backpedaling. Yeah. And that happened? I mean, did he roll his ankle? Is that part of it? Like, I, I didn't really see what happened. But I think there is a lot of comparison points between the Panthers and the Broncos. How about this one? They both went to the Super Bowl in 2015 and have sucked since then. That's another one. They both had a quarterback that was an MVP for him. They're both that about to left. be 3-0. And they're both about to be 3-0. The story arcs are really interesting, how much you can compare and contrast these two, because there's a lot of comparison and not a lot of contrast. Contrasting. I don't know how to say that. You understand the point. Contrastion. Contrastion. Thank you, Marty. Yes. If that's not a word, it should be. But for the Panthers, I mean, I think they're feeling the same way Broncos fans are. Yeah, 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 bad opponents, got lucky, scheduling gods, whatever. We'll take it. We've had enough bad over the last few years. I want some good. And so speaking of the Broncos this weekend, I got a very simple question. Throw the phone line out to you. 303-504-0925. Is winning good enough against the Jets? Or has expectation changed after two weeks that you don't just need to win. You need to win convincingly against what we're all considering to be the second worst team in the NFL behind the Jags. So 303-504-0925. A quick break here back at three minutes. 11 a.m. Sunday before Broncos, Jets. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Only Mahomes. Host Justin Herbert and the Chargers. I might throw a touchdown right here. Herbert's going to go for it all. On Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Become a weekend warrior at BetMGM, king of the weekend. You get it through the number out there, 303-504-0925. Is winning good enough this weekend, or do they need to win convincingly? 
Go to the Quality First Service Group listener line. Again, 303-504-0925. Lunchbox is up first. Hi, Lunchbox. Hey, what's up, Brett? What's up, buddy? Uh, so I was listening to you talking about uh, the Panthers and the comparison with the Broncos and J.C. Horn. Um, I listened to a lot of the fourth quarter uh, on the radio last night. Mike Golick was on the uh, color, yep. and he was saying that J.C. Horn's having a great year and um, losing him with McCaffrey is huge because just like sure. the Broncos, the Panthers are relying on their defense, and uh, they have the number one defense in the NFL. They have 14 sacks through three games. Just like the Broncos, they played a garbage schedule. Um, you know, they got a new quarterback from old teams, and, you know, you you get scared about Teddy that, you know, four or five other teams didn't want him, but you have to look at those situations and see why they didn't want him. It, didn't, it wasn't necessarily because he couldn't play. Um, and uh, one last thing. Uh, what, just to hammer down on that, what do you think it was? If the, it, he couldn't play, then what was it? Minnesota, Minnesota, he was still hurt. Yep. They had Case Keenum, him, and and whoever else it was, right? Yep. But he was injured. So they decided to move on because they didn't know if he'd ever come back. They didn't want to have to pay him after his rookie contract. So sure. then he goes to the Jets. Well, the Jets is purgatory, right? I mean, look at what the <laughs> to Jets a certain extent. Yes, you can't even count that one. New Orleans, he goes five and one, right? Well, they're not going to pay him eleven million dollars a year or whatever, and have Taysom Hill. They really wanted Taysom Hill, no matter what, right? Um, well, I mean, not really. They got Jameis Winston starting now, right? Yeah, but look at Jameis Winston's contract this year. It's a one-year deal, and if they were going to keep. Teddy, they would have had to pay a lot because he went five and one, mm-hmm. and they're not going to keep three quarterbacks. And you know, with Breeze's salary, yep. I think I think that's more what it was there. Um, and then Carolina, I don't know what Carolina why they didn't like him. I guess they really wanted Donald. I don't know what it was, but I don't think it's necessarily because he couldn't play. No, uh, I, but one last thing. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. so towards the end, they were talking about. You know, every year it seems like there's one team that that is picked to be terrible because they were terrible the year before, and the, and mm-hmm. they come out and they make the playoffs or whatever. So they were comparing Carolina and the Raiders and debating which team was going to be that team. And they didn't even talk about the Broncos. So that tells me the Broncos aren't getting a lot of national – uh, attention for their turnaround. But. No, I'm with you there, and I appreciate the call, Lunchbox. And, and I guess to go off a couple of things, you're right about this. Like, Minnesota couldn't do it because they couldn't trust if he was going to stay healthy or not. So that's one. Um, the Jets, uh, I know the Jets are a mess, but the Jets were starving for quarterbacks. And I would have thought that maybe he could have stuck around there. But he was still coming off that injury, and who knows. Um, after that, New Orleans, I think you're right again that – Teddy Bridgewater went 5-0, and and he was looking to make some money and get a starting opportunity somewhere. I wonder if New Orleans tried to convince him that we don't know how much longer Breeze has. If you sign a contract here and maybe we do the contract in a way where it's cheap the first year and then we can bump up the numbers after that, you could stick around. I don't know. But Carolina is the one that, that weirds me out. That was a full opportunity where they committed to him as a starting quarterback. That was a multi-year deal for about 
what was it, Marty? Like 20 to 25 million a year, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, and they said after a year, no, thank you. And they went with Darnold, who was just as much of a question mark as having year two of Teddy would have been. And they're having success. Now, I, again, I'm not bashing Teddy. My my Teddy skepticism has waned these first couple of weeks because I feel like the Broncos are doing ex- He's just, skill-wise, a really good fit for what they want to do. Completes a lot of passes, keeps the clock moving, finds ways to convert on third down, although he did, they didn't do that all that much last week, but they still got points. They got points out of it. But when I ask the question, is winning enough, or does it have to be something that you you don't just win, but you dominate this weekend? Here's just a couple of texts that have come through, 309-33. One texter says, just cover the, sp- uh, cover the spread. Another text, bigger trap game, winning isn't good enough. Uh, winning is good enough. The Broncos haven't earned anything. Another one, a win is a win after the season. Nobody's going to say, oh, but that one point win against the Jets didn't convince me. It doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. And then the last one, take a W any given Sunday. By the way, great movie. It's okay. Um, it's no draft day. You only do, do you really want me to do this? Is that what you want? Don't you get annoyed every time I talk about this movie? Yeah, I, I don't know why. I love well, to you, hate it. You brought it up. Yeah. Wait, you love to hate it? Yeah. I love to hate your rant on the movie draft. Oh. Day. It's terrible. Costner should be ashamed of himself for even accepting the role. Anyway, um, this is where I'm kind of with you guys. Would you like to have another convincing win? They've had two wins that are both in double digits this year. And they haven't been particularly close. Like, there's not been, outside of maybe the first drive of each game, where you felt like that game was in doubt. Drew, like Daniel Jones in week one hit a big throw on the opening drive of the game that made you think, uh-oh, uh, all this good defense, blah, blah, blah. Now what? Second week, against the Jags, 83-yard touchdown drive to start the game. Uh-oh, now what are you going to do? Well, you're going to hold them to 106 yards of total offense after that. Outside of the first drive of each game, you haven't even been nervous that these are going to be L's. If they can do that again this week, that is what good football teams do. They take bad football teams and they make them look bad. I would love to see it. But if you're telling me that they win this game 22-21, fine. Fine. Just get to 3-0 before you get to Baltimore. A lot of these guys, by the way... Yesterday, we're talking about uh, how excited they are to get back to the home crowd. And do we got a couple of these cuts, maybe Justin Simmons or Von Miller, Marty? Just let me know when you got it, of them traveling back home. And they're expecting, like Von said, he's expecting Super Bowl run type of raucous crowd. Listen. I I, I expect it to be crazy. You know, um, I expect it to be... uh... You know, I expect it to be <laughs> ridiculous. I, I expect it to be like, uh, you know, the glory days in like 2015, 2014, in 2013, all of those runs that we had, um, 2012. I expect it to be like that. You know, we were coming in, you know, 2-0. You know, Broncos country is seeing the type of football that we played over the last two weeks. And now we're coming home. I, I expect it to be rowdy. I expect it to be crazy. You know, I expect it to be, um, you know, a great atmosphere to, to go play football. It's not just fun. Listen to the assistant coach, Pat Schremer. They know how to 
let us hear a pin drop when we're on offense, but then crank it up when they're on defense. And, and that's really the challenge um, when you go on the road. Fortunately, we've been on the road the last couple of weeks with some crowd noise for the first time in a year, and our guys handled it pretty well. And so uh, I'm looking forward to our, our fans putting a little pressure on them. I think that's the, that's, it's going to be an exciting time for us. I'll give you the Giants. The Giants have a local, like a, a very loyal fan base. Uh, Marty, the Jags, I don't think crowd noise was really an issue in Jacksonville. If I had to guess, I wasn't there, but if I had to guess, I don't think that's going to be a problem. Was that stadium empty in the fourth quarter? Was anybody even left? I, to be honest, I didn't look, but I didn't notice. You, do you think if you played the fourth quarter of that Jags-Broncos game and said that was during the COVID year, anybody would notice the difference? The lack of tarps on the stands. Yeah, probably, maybe that's yeah, it. that's the only difference. Didn't have the advertisements up there in the upper tier, the upper bowl of that stadium. Um, I don't think they're far off here, though. Think about what this 2-0 start represents. Bad opponents or not. It represents hope. And when's the last time you had that? Hope of a winning football season where the playoffs were in reach. And I'm not talking about the offseason to where the optimism is at an all-time high and everybody got better and you're expecting the best. And maybe Flacco is still in his prime. Like, we aren't playing that game. We have actual results right now. That will lead to you asking yourself, is this team... A playoff contender. And guess what? If you win this weekend, that answer is yes. And it doesn't matter who you faced. If you start a season 3-0, Marty, like Carolina Panthers fans today, they're saying we're playoff contenders. And you know what I'd say? Sure you are. You're 3-0. How, how could I deny that? Same concept for what the Broncos are going through right now. They get a win this weekend. Who knows? Who knows what can happen? But is getting a win just a win good enough? Or does it have to look convincing? I'm still in the win. Just win. I don't care how. Yeah, I like the way the texter put it. Just You're not going to remember what this win was like in three, four weeks. You're just going to see that you have three wins and you're going to go on from there. Really all the convincing part of the win means? Because here's the deal. Marty, if the Chiefs played the Jets this weekend and won 24 to 23, you think they would care how it looked? They know how good they are. That's the difference between you and the teams in that upper crust of the NFL. It's almost like you're looking for some confirmation bias to prove that my optimism is warranted. And if you don't get a win convincingly against the Jets, that's in the negative side of the ledger and it would give you more pause heading into Baltimore. Now, a loss would completely undo the things that you accomplished in the first couple of weeks. And maybe I should bring back something I did last Friday. Because I, I got nothing for you, okay? Nothing. I don't want the reasons why the Broncos win. Those are easy. Why do they lose? And I'm trying to think, Zach Wilson, Marty, coming off a four-interception performance, an offense that looks inept, how the hell did they lose this football game? Like, I could go through the same things I said last week against Jacksonville, which was you overlook the opponent, and maybe this one's a little bit 
more valid. You can't really overlook Jacksonville because you got the Jets coming up. But you can overlook this game because Baltimore's coming to town. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So if you want to say that, go ahead. But I think you playing at home also is a huge, huge, huge aspect of this. I think this is the easiest of the first three, don't you? I do, too. The Jets have nothing going on. Well, they, they're coming off a terrible game in which, what, week one, they scored 14 points against Carolina in week two. What was it, like nine last week against uh, New England? <laughs> Worse, it was six, 25 six. six. So six points last weekend, and you're playing at home. They're going on the road. Like, there's there's just a lot going in your favor. So I could say that this is the overlooking the Jets to get to Baltimore. Like, maybe that's part of the problem. But I don't, outside of it, I really don't know. Like, I don't see Teddy Bridgewater, Marty, turning the ball over three or four times. Like, he's got zero turnovers for two weeks. I don't see this happening multiple times this weekend. And I don't think a lot of other people do, considering the point spread right now is 10.5 points. It's the largest point spread of the weekend. So if you guys want in on that, 303-504-0925, can give me a call. Also, the Shop Automotive text line is 30933. Uh, we haven't talked a lot of Rockies over the last few weeks, months, year. Uh, <laughs> not a lot. Because there's really not a lot to discuss. Because Ever since the Nolan thing, we've kind of just chilled. Marty, I would. You know I love that team. I don't know how many times i got to say it. Coors Field is my favorite place in this entire town. Like, I'm being dead serious about it. If there's one place that you could tell me this is where you can go to hang out for a night, you give me a 75, 80-degree night at Coors Field, I'll take that over pretty much anything else here. But here's the problem. They don't have a GM. They really didn't make any moves at the deadline to make me think, like, what's the direction of this team? It's hard for me to discuss them because I can't do it in the context of playoff discussion because that was never going to happen. And I can't really do it for the future of the team because I don't know what lies ahead for them. I don't know what their plan is. So it's made it really difficult. But can I pay them at least a little bit of a compliment? And this is a tiny one. This is going to sound like I'm being condescending and patting them on the head. But here's the truth. Wait, hang on. You're going to give them a compliment even though they had the win against the Dodgers yesterday with one out to go in the ninth and they ended this up This is a macro thing. Macro thing, not micro. Macro. Okay. Just a weird timing. Weird timing here. If I were to tell you, Marty, that when the season started, the way that you felt about this team, a couple of months removed from the Nolan trade, just nothing really going for them, projected 100 losses on the year. And I told you it would take until nine games left in the schedule for them to be officially eliminated from the playoffs. Would you take it? Like, is that not something that you can at least say that I'll pay a little bit of a compliment for what I thought this team was going to be? I guess so. I had them penciled in for 100 losses. So, yes, I had them close to 100 losses. So what I'll give them is that I'll give them the. I mean, look, 
this team wasn't good. We knew they weren't going to be good. But less than 10 games left in the year is when you found out they're officially eliminated. Now, to keep this in perspective, their playoff percentages pretty much the entire year was a 0.0 or a 0.1. So I'm not paying them a full compliment. But for what my expectations were, they outdid those. And I think they outdid pretty much everybody's. Am I wrong? They were just so low. I mean, well, I, yeah. yes, yeah, of course, of course. I'm trying, Marty. Don't do this to me. I'm trying here. The Rockies uh, right now with nine games left in the season are 71 and 81. They're 10 games back of 500. I'm just being honest. Didn't see that. Didn't see at this point in the season that being the outcome. And I, I said nine games. Is it 10 games left? I think it's 10. Either way, 10 games left in the year. That's when you're officially eliminated from the playoffs. I give them at least a little bit of credit for that. The irony in all of this, if you're a fan of that, do you know how they got eliminated from the playoffs yesterday? They were eliminated. This is from Nick Roke on Twitter. Once I can find it, that is. They were eliminated from playoff. What's that? Did you find it? I found it. You got it? Eliminated from playoff contention when the Red Hot Cardinals took down the Brewers. Nolan Arenado scored what became the game-deciding run in the eighth inning. So what got you eliminated was Nolan crossing home plate for the Cardinals. Poetry. Now, no crying over spilled milk here. But it's just, it's the extra sting in all of it. Is it not? Just really happy for the Cardinals that they're, oh, they're just red hot shut now up. and they're going to make the playoffs. I just love that. I, do, I love that for Nolan. You know what? Um, it depends on what your perspective is, I guess, on whether you are still salty about this. And I guess salty... To who? Are you salty towards Nolan or towards the organization? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there, Marty, that would have loved to have seen the uh, Cardinals miss the playoffs with Nolan being there. Now, that's not going to happen. Have they officially clinched? Or are they just, they're four and a half games up, so they aren't officially in, but they're four and a half games up on the wild card, uh, that second wild card spot over the Phillies. And with the way that they're playing, it would take a damn miracle for them to lose that heading into these last, I don't know, week and a half of the MLB season. But there you go. You know what? The- I've told you all year, I'm trying, to f- I'm trying to find small victories for the Rockies that I can pay them. This is a small one. The best thing the Cardinals could do is make that, that one-game wild card and knock the Dodgers out. That would be best-case scenario for us. Cardinals beating the Dodgers? In the one-game play-in playoff game. How's that for a question? Can we straw poll this, please? Go ahead. Straw poll. Oh, yeah. 30933 is the Shamp of text line. Just say Cardinals or Dodgers. Would you rather see the Dodgers beat Nolan Arenado in the Rockies in that play-in game, or would you rather see the Cardinals take down the Dodgers? Oh, my God. 
Nobody better vote, vote for the Dodgers. Do you underestimate win. the hate that some people oh. have for Nolan? You underestimate I would be surprised. it. Well, throw it out on the text what do you line want? then. What would you say? Oh, I want the Dodgers to get smoked okay, by 20 yes. runs. Yes. I, I hate them. Their lineup is ridiculous. I know. They do not deserve that. But I throw that out there. What do you guys say? 30933. Say Cardinals or Dodgers. Who do you want to win in that game? Now, you might be right. Like, the the hatred for the Dodgers, I don't think that Nolan could do anything to overcome the hatred for the Dodgers. But I'm just curious how many people maybe still have some Nolan hard feelings. As those pile in, we'll get to those in a couple of minutes before we take a break. The uh, final tally, again, 30933. Uh, the NFL was talking about something yesterday during the Thursday night football game where, speaking of wild cards, uh, Marty, they have five wild card games and... What they're tinkering with, the idea is two games Saturday, two games Sunday, and then a Monday night wild card game. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Let's get a Tuesday night, too. That was my first reaction, too, uh, was let's make that game a Monday night game and spread out the love of elimination-style football as long as humanly possible. Give me one night, three nights in a row of just games being tossed in my face. Here's the problem, though. Let's say, Marty, the uh, Broncos sneak into a wildcard spot. They get the Monday night game. Would you be psyched? Yeah. Here's go. the problem, though. Is it not kind of unfair that you would put the winner of that Monday night game on a short week against a higher seed on the road? Well, don't be a wildcard team. Okay. You know what I'm saying, though, right? Like, everybody likes to have the full week of preparation, especially in a playoff game, and you're going to make one of your teams go on a short week on the road against a higher-seeded team? That doesn't seem necessarily fair, does it? So I'm with you. Okay. Good discussion. Thank you, Marty. I mean, just... So I see the stat from Warren Sharp where on short rest teams are what three and nine when they have to travel. Yeah, the next week. I guess that makes sense. So so what is it when they do the wild card and the week after that they have Saturday games as well, right? Yes, so they then, wouldn't put them in that Saturday game. Like they wouldn't right. give them they five would a, days whatever, of rest, six days. I, I don't know. It's not that big of a deal. Do you think it's that big of a deal? I mean, you just read the stat. You tell me. That stat seems like it's pretty convincing. Does it not? I guess. I just want a Monday night game. All I know is the NFL does this high wire act a lot of I want to put together what's best for the viewing audience and I want to make things the easiest for the consumer, but you have to balance the competitive part with that. And I guarantee you everybody's on board, Marty, until your team is playing in that Monday night game. And you say, why the hell couldn't we just do this on Sunday? Or why not make a game, I don't know, like Friday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. What about that? Instead of having a short week. But I know why they don't want Friday. People are out on Friday. They're doing stuff. Friday's party day. Trust me. How many of you guys right now got plans to go out and get drunk today? Bet you a lot. Go to dinner. All I'm saying is, 
this sounds like a good idea until your team's in it, and then you would lose the next weekend, and you would say, well, what if we had an extra day? Because all those numbers that say short week going on the road, not really good for you. It is a shame they also have to go on the road. If it was one or the other, it would be okay. Yeah. Short week on the road is tough. Okay. Um, before we take a break here, the text coming through, the, the uh, straw poll. Marty, you're right. Cards, hands down. Cards, cards, cards. Cards by a million. Cards. Bleep them both. Bleep the Dodgers. Cardinals, Cardinals, Cardinals. Got one. Bleep Nolan. Cards by 50. Cardinals, no one deserves a chance to win after dealing with the garbage Breidich uh, put together. So you're right. This is overwhelmingly Cardinals. And basically the reason that I can understand outside of a couple is... Not necessarily go Nolan, it's bleep the Dodgers. Which is the proper response. And I agree with it. Broadcast State, that is followed by Clemson in North Carolina State. And then at 6 o'clock, the Rapids host Toronto. All of that's on 92.5 on AM 950. At 11.30, it's this week in the Mountain West with Nate Kreckman. Followed by Wyoming and Connecticut uh, at noon. So a lot to get to tomorrow and Sunday. Um, got a few more minutes though. And I just thought this was funny. There is a poll on Reddit about the teams that you hate the most in the AFC West. So 3,407 votes in this poll, Marty, almost 30, a little over 3,400 people. How do you think that went? Most hated in the AFC West from Broncos fans. Chiefs running away? No. No? The Raiders Hmm. got 1,931 votes. Okay? The Chiefs got 1,365 votes, which means out of 3,407 votes on this poll, the Chargers got 111. It's amazing how people just do not care about that team at all. Could that go for any other team in any other division? Nobody loves them. Nobody hates them. Like the the least, like being the least hated team in your division from rival teams. Like I'm trying to think who another one would be. You know, ironically, it might be the Lions. Like if you if you asked a a Packers fan who they hate the most, it'd be Bears first and Vikings second. I don't know how close it would be between Vikings and Lions, but it'd be close. If you ask Bears fans, it's just 3,407 votes. 3,406 are going to be Packers, and then one might be the Vikings. How would the voting go in the AFC East? Would any, would anybody hate the Bills? Like, they've been bad for so long. Oh, you hate the Bills. Yeah? Like, Bills fans are pretty rowdy. Mm. Like, maybe the Jags would get the, the equivalent of 111. Like, AFC, well, that's AFC South. What a crap division that is. My God. Who do you hate in the AFC South? Because it's Jags. Texans, Colts, and who am I missing? Titans. Is there any hateable team in there? Like, maybe they hate Indy because they had Peyton Manning for a while and then went to Andrew Luck, so probably the Colts are getting that. How can you hate the Jags? They're just punching back. There's no way to hate the Jags. There's no way to hate the Texans either. The Texans have, what, they've had three good years with Deshaun Watson and maybe, like, one with Matt Schaub. And then the Titans... Can you hate them? I mean, they've been okay. I hate Jeff Fisher. That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. 
the AFC South probably has the least hateable teams in the entire NFL, you would say, but like by division. The division you care about the least as far as teams has to be that one. Just found it funny. 3,407 votes for who you hate the most in the AFC West. The Chargers only got 111 of those. And I would love to hear the reasons behind those 111 votes. Like, what can you give me? I hate the Chargers because blank. It's like we're playing the match game. The only valid reason My wife is- came home, and she said she hated the Chargers because of their blank. Whoopee. Make whoopee. What was that dude's name? He was on every one of those shows back in, like, the 70s. God, where's Mosher when you need him? You know what bothered me when I was a kid is that one of the uh, people on that match game was that old lady named Brett. And I was like, I don't know why. It bothered me that we had the same name. I was like, I never saw a woman with the name Brett before. Was she handsome? Oh, she was a woman, so I think the uh, term would not be handsome for her. Uh, And no, she was about 80 years old. (laughs) It's nothing against 80-year-olds, just typically. I think 80-year-olds know. It's why we all try and look young. It's why we get Botox and and lip injections and cheek implants. And by we, I mean Marty. One time. Well, one time's enough. And it worked out really well, honestly. Uh, But the NFL weekend, if I were to say this, Marty, true or false, the biggest game or the most intriguing game of the NFL weekend is... At least for me, because I want to know if this team's real or not. At uh, 225, Bucks and Rams. Games in L.A. Bucks are a one-point favorite. I want to know if all this hype surrounding the Rams and this Stafford trade is real. Because I'll tell you this. If Stafford wins against Tampa Bay and Tom Brady, I think they get crowned as that team Like that you would say, yep, they're firmly in that discussion now. Correct? Oh, yeah. I mean, and there's some good games this weekend. Packers-Niners is going to be good. Uh, Seahawks and Vikings, I know the Vikings are 0-2, but they aren't a bad 0-2. Does Packers-Niners do anything for you, the Sunday night game? Well, that's what I just said. Packers-Niners, yes. Yeah. I think that one um, is really interesting. Because we've had really good Aaron Rodgers, really bad Aaron Rodgers. Niners defense, pretty good. See what he can do against them on the road in San Francisco. Remember, the last, well, I don't know if it's the last time they played each other, but they played each other a couple years ago in that NFC Championship game, and Packers were demolished. Like, Rodgers couldn't do a damn thing against that defense with that pass rush from Joey Bosa, or Nick Bosa. Which Bosa is it in San Francisco? Nick. Nick. They're all the same to me. Meatheads who are really good at tackling quarterbacks. Chiefs and Chargers this weekend, too? That one's good, too. Yeah, I'm into that. How do you think the voting would go... For the other teams, we were just talking about the uh, AFC West voting for most hated teams. Do you think the Broncos would garner the most votes for both the Chiefs and the Raiders? Uh, Maybe Raiders, maybe Raiders. But I I think that the Chiefs are so good right now that they would win for every fan base. Just kind of like, if you asked me that question five years ago, Marty would be Broncos without a doubt for all these teams. But I think they've been so bad the last few years and the Chiefs have been so good that I think the Chiefs probably win that. But it'd be close. I mean, the Broncos would get a ton of votes, without a doubt. Although I say the Chiefs would win all of those, and I look at this one, and the Raiders ran away with this. Like, they won by 600 votes. Who do the Chargers hate? They're like, oh, no, it's cool. We don't have to vote on this. We hate our own team. Yeah. (laughs) Who do you hate the most? The Chargers. 
But good slate of games uh, in the NFL for over the weekend. And then college football. I mean, we're into conference season now. We For, for a lot of conferences anyway. Now, I guess not all, but most of the conferences are into conference season. Now, you do have Notre Dame and Wisconsin playing each other, which is a big game, 18 versus 12. Uh, you can get a real look at which one of those two teams are for real. Also, Texas A&M and Arkansas. Arkansas 3-0 right now. Remember, they had a huge win against Texas a couple of weeks ago. They rushed the field. They're taking on a Texas A&M team that needed a three-point victory over CU to get <coughs> excuse me, over CU to get by. But as it pertains to the local teams, and specifically CU and CSU, basically for CSU, it's whatever we got to do to not get completely embarrassed this weekend, you kind of take. What was the Adazio thing that he said? I was number five. They're four away from number one. Like, that's who you're facing this weekend. And... You might be surprised to see the point spread's only 23 and a half. You should be. Iowa doesn't blow teams out in the way that a Bama blows teams out. They don't blow teams out in the way that Ohio State does, or you pick another team. I was very, very good. Do not get me wrong. But that's just not the way that they play. Since they're flirting with a number one spot, since they're top five, do you think they need to blow teams out to maybe get more attention? It's not, but it's not like they get a big lead on teams and then they just like stop playing. They take knees. That's not what they do. It's just their their entire offense is built around run the football really, really well, hit a couple of big passes, and control the clock. And when you do that, you just don't leave room to blow teams out. So that point spreads 23 and a half. I think that sounds about right. A game should be in that ballpark. We're talking like a 30 to 30 to, to seven game, something like that. Like that sounds about right for what Iowa does. Now, see you on the other hand. Here's the question for them. What do you need to see from CU to make you feel like some ailments offensively were fixed? They have scored one touchdown in the last seven quarters, I believe it was. Or was it no points? In the last seven quarters, they score their only touchdown against Texas A&M in the first. It's one of the two. They've they've been really bad offensively. That's all you got to know. How many points make you feel like, okay, maybe they've kind of turned a corner? 14? That's not enough. That won't get anybody's minds changed. What, 25, 20? I think mid-20s somewhere. If they get to 24, maybe that makes you feel better. Because you need to see something. From them this weekend. The only problem with CU right now. Yes they kind of got gashed by Minnesota. But you need some help from your offense. You can't let your defense do everything for you. They tried that against Texas A&M. And it didn't work well. So they got uh, Arizona State this weekend. Who was ranked last week. uh, Suffered a loss. So they're back out of the top 25. But this is not going to be an easy game. It's on ESPNU at 8.30 tomorrow night. I think if they get in the mid-20s. That should be enough to maybe keep the dogs at bay for at least a second before they ramp this back up. But you can watch the show live on Twitch, twitch.tv, search Altitude SR in the search bar. Also, the Altitude TV simulcast if you want in on that. Again, the phone lines are open for you, 303-504-0925. Quality for service group listener line. Got drunk takes to run out this show today. A whole bunch to get to. Mojo Lombardi and Kane starts next.